Hey everyone, I'm back to continue my reading of Learnings from Quarter 2, 2022, so I'll just jump in here. Getting things done at its most basic level. Simply focus on doing them and do not waver. It's easy to overcomplicate the completion of t- key tasks. There are so many other things going on that we could be doing. There are distractions and things pulling us away. And there are challenges to completing the task that we both do and do not foresee that will come on the path to the finish line. While all of this is true, it does not change the other key facts on the ground, which are that in order to get something done, we simply need to focus on it and take it to the end. Questions like, well, what if I just play some music and the background and slowly get there? Or if I listen to this podcast or watch this movie while doing it, then I'll finish it and it won't be too hard, right? These questions can be a start for some people to go from not doing anything to doing something, but they veer away from the actual point, which is that we should be able to just slow down, identify what needs to be done, and then focus on doing that, and only that. At its most basic level, that is the task. Focus, persist, and get to the finish line. Life seems to be better and more serene when my mental energy is more concentrated. Perhaps this relates to my previous point and why I have come to value the process of sitting down, focusing myself, and digging in. When I am more concentrated, my mental state is one that is much more alert and clear. I think in a more dynamic way. I jump between topics more quickly and more effectively to reach the answers I'm pursuing. This can be in a task like writing this article, reading, going for a run, cooking, or anything else. The pull toward distraction and other stimuli that make it harder to fully concentrate is still something that challenges me and remains a persistent obstacle, despite my acknowledgement of how much better I feel when I avoid those things. When I do indeed avoid those things, along with following through on my habit of meditation to focus on my breath and things in life as they are, life is simply better. There are fewer obstacles that are insurmountable, fewer feelings of inadequacy and frustration, and less sadness and negative emotions. There's more proactivity and optimism, a greater awareness and presence in the moment, and an improved ability to be centered on life itself, second by second. We overvalue lives in the present compared to lives in the future. This point is very hard for me. I wrestled with it a lot in my head. Many philosophers have worked on this question throughout their entire lives. Take John Stuart Mill, for example, whose philosophy of utilitarianism sought to bring the most benefits to the greatest number of people. It's always more complicated than that, but it's the frequent summary that the idea gets, which I think is decent. The COVID-19 pandemic is a great example of this. We had the potential of investing money into supporting ideas such as challenge trials, in which individuals would volunteer to to participate in a study to test the effectiveness of vaccines by getting vaccinated and then shortly thereafter injected with the live COVID-19 virus and be paid fairly large sums of money for for their risk. A program like this certainly puts people at risk of death and long-term health consequences. Yet given the familiarity within the medical medical community with the technology that went into the development of the COVID-19 vaccines and the history of vaccines in general, there were huge benefits to be had. Hundreds of thousands of lives could have been saved, along with potentially removing long-term health complications from COVID-19 infections for even more. If the timeline for testing COVID-19 vaccinations had been run faster through the use of challenge trials. On top of the speed of the testing, the results would have 
likely been much more reliable and believable by the public if they knew the vaccinations had been tested in the way in which it would be done in a challenge trial. Considering this possibility goes against the basic medical principle of do no harm, yet there is a lot more to be considered on the other side. Could this principle of the avoidance of doing harm in some cases be prohibiting us from saving the lives of countless people? Might we as a society be better off in the long run, creating better lives for future generations, if we were to take more of these forward-looking risks in the present? This point's application goes further down than the society level as well. When it comes to the individual, we frequently reward and take care of our emotional desires and states now, much more than we do for our emotional desires and states in the future. Take Walter Michel's classic marshmallow experiment with young children. Do you take the one marshmallow now, or can you sit out the five or ten minutes alone in the room with the marshmallow to get to two? The children who were able to wait and get the second marshmallow were more likely to have success in life over the long term compared to the children who did not wait. It's a concept called delayed gratification. Do you take the dopamine hit now from checking your phone, or do you distance yourself to get done what needs to get done before checking? Do you try to run after the quick money and financial rewards now, rather than going through the harder times of having less to be safer, more secure, and happier in the long run? These are questions we have dealt with as a species for the entirety of our existence. Yet, they still remain so relevant because so few of us are able to just slow down, sit with ourselves, and make the right decisions for the long term now, and simply wait. As Blaise Pascal says in his work, Ponsees, All men's miseries derive from not being able to sit in a quiet room alone. Not listening to content during the day makes for a clearer mind. For years, I have battled against myself, and frequently given in, when it came to consuming content while working, during lunch or after work. Consuming content has helped me in so many ways. It has made me more intelligent, aware of current events, understanding of the world, understanding of myself and others, it has given me new ideas that I would not have come across had I not consumed the content I did. However, it has come at a cost. Content consumption makes for a more noisy and jumpy mind. It is much harder to focus on the task at hand and to persist through difficulty when you know that you can just dip out and start listening or watching something that is more pleasing and easier to do. When I distance myself from content consumption or just simply consume less, I find that my ability to focus improves significantly and that I can get more things done. When I get more things done, I get two key things in return. First, more time to do the things I want to do and to build the skills that I want to build. Second, I get a wholesome feeling of earned satisfaction from what I was able to do. Productivity is built into me, for better or for worse, as something that provides me with a sense of accomplishment and contentment. I can easily see how this could lead to potentially bad outcomes in the long run, yet I think this is still the better side of the coin. Getting things done and doing so with a clearer mind makes the world a better place. It fuels innovation and the fulfillment of projects that revolutionize humanity at both the greatest and smallest of scales. Smell and appreciate the flowers when they are in bloom. It will not always be that way. Spring has to end in order for it to come again. Every beautiful sight, sound, taste, smell, and feeling has to end. Everything in this life is impermanent, even us. Perhaps the only thing that we can promise will come is the end. Because of this inevitable end, pausing to be present and to appreciate what we have and are sensing now is so meaningful and powerful. 
the lovely and beautiful moments can only be lovely and beautiful because they end and contrast with what is on the other side of their existence. The dark allows the light to fill us with with positivity and hope. The light allows the dark to move us and to make us more vigilant against that which may threaten us. This wisdom is much older than all of us. God and the devil, yin and yang. This insight has been with us forever, it seems. Yet it is so easy to forget. Take this and allow it to enrich the beautiful and not so beautiful moments of life while you have them, because they are certain to not stick around forever. I'll pause here before I continue with more in the next episode. I hope you enjoyed those and found them to be useful. I certainly have found these reflections to be quite instrumental for myself. And thus, I'm taking time here to share them with you. So as always, thanks for listening. Much, much love. In the meantime, uh, take care, and I'll be back soon. Cheers.